0: Symphony of Shadows Third Movement Luce Spenta L'Ombra More New Endings Old Beginnings Phrase 3 Jazz hesitated only a moment before opening the hatch. She needed to decide if she was going to come at this pistol drawn or not. In the end, she decided to take the non-violent opening hand and ascend into her ship with her gun holstered. She did a test draw, though, a few times, should the need arise. She wasn't a complete fool. The last thing she needed was her pistol getting stuck if things turned sideways. Jazz only opened the hatch a sliver and shouted before bullets started flying. It's me, Jazz, don't shoot. No one answered, but she could hear movement. I need your word up there. Here, have a look at my hands. Jazz floated her gloved hands up into the ship. There was still only silence mixed with some rustling. Screw this, thought Jazz. My parents aren't going to shoot me. I'm sure there's some misunderstanding. Her words died in the anxiety that had built in her guts. Boiled alive by a suspicion stoked by Tane. The only thing keeping her together was that it was Tane who'd figured all this out. He's gotta be wrong. He has to. I'm coming up, she shouted, flinging the house outwards and being sure to make a lot of noise to cover the dull sound from the drone as it moved up behind her. Her parents came into view at the back of the hole, both standing in front of where she'd seen that sheet of fresh blood. The bucket of rags were gone, and they'd managed to throw a blanket over the worst of it. Jess, we're so glad you're here. Amira's eyes were wet with tears. She moved forward seeming like she wanted to embrace Jazz. Jazz's eyes went to Nebu, who stood with his hands behind his back and a robotic look on his face like Genoa's android. Jazz instinctively stepped backward and brought a hand to her pistol, lifting the other to stop Amira from advancing. She noticed Nebu lean forward slightly and his hands loosened behind his back. Jazz would have bet anything that a gun was there. She took another step backward and released her hand from the holster. Naboo loosened as well. Let's maybe talk for a minute before we jump to hugs, if that's alright. Jazz took another step back, aware of the drone bumping up against her. Just a few more steps. If she was too fast, though, it would seem suspicious, so she paused for a moment, looking over to Woods. She hadn't really been able to make him out when the drone was spying through the cockpit, but he looked in fine shape. There was a bandage on his head, and he was definitely unconscious. But there wasn't much blood. What happened to him? She asked, pointing to Woods. Amira and Nebu looked over at Woods, and in that moment, Jazz took another step backward. Her back was almost to the cockpit door. I know how this must look," said Amira. "We are scared, Jazz, so scared. Thank Eos, you're here." Amira tried to move closer to Jazz again giving her the reason she needed to step into the doorway. She felt the drone move away from her back and into the cockpit and prayed Tane didn't fuck this up. Problem was now she needed to draw attention away from the drone, which meant moving away from the door. The only way to manage that was to pass her mother. Can you please just take a step back, she asked. Amir looked confused and concerned. What is it, love? Why are you acting so odd? You've taken someone prisoner on my ship, and you don't know why I'm creeped out right now. She left out the part about Wit being suspended, Tane's comments about her parents feeling a little too real. You'll know we'd never do anything to harm you, said Amira. The vibe of the room was on a knife's edge, and Jazz wasn't known for being able to balance delicate things. Just the opposite, in fact. After a moment, her mother continued. But of course... I'll give you some space and explain. Amira's voice went from grief stricken to warm in an instant. The shift was jarring for some reason to Jazz. She looked over to her father, who was all silent vigilance, a coiled viper. His eyes were aimed at her, but his attention was on her right hand, looking for any sign she would reach for her pistol. Jazz sidled away from the cockpit door and towards her sleeping quarters. She kept her hands away from her hip tilted outwards as if to say i'm no danger if you're no danger in the back of her mind though she knew there weren't many places to still a body and if wyatt was here that was the only place he could be when she moved in that direction both amira and nebu stepped forward no jess amira said lifting a hand to stop her but not before jazz could peer in i can explain we were so frightened Jazz looked into the room for a moment, and she only just managed to observe the horror before she felt herself suddenly spinning. Her head slammed against the ground, and her vision sparkled. She kicked involuntarily and flailed, hitting something soft, maybe a stomach. Whatever it was, she rolled backwards into the sleeping quarters and smoothly unholstered her gun. She brought it up along with a hand engaging her light shield. The room reeked of iron and salt, Blood soaked the sheets, barely covering Wyatt's dead body. No! Jazz screamed in her own mind. Cybele noticed Knox was off balance from Sornois' vote. Sornois may have been stepping down, but he did it with his typical flourish of a power move. All Knox could do was nod. I accept, Knox said, but not without spraying Sornois with a flamethrower stare. The heat of it deflected off Sornois, though, a mountain of ice against the maelstrom. This, Knox pointed to his pistol, is the key. He then took the crystal he'd taken from Jazz, and this is the lock. How's that? asked Red. We figured out how the crystals work, at least the fundamentals. They are activated by concentrations of photons, light. You shoot the crystal with a laser, and it will bring you to where it originated. In our case, the huge boulder of crystal, when Cybele shot Jazz and accidentally hit the crystal she had. Then we were transported here when Jazz shot the boulder, and you followed by shooting it yourselves. It works both ways, though, so long as you have the same light source. Cybele grabbed his pistol from behind trigger and lifted it, pointing it at the crystal. So all I've got to do is shoot that thing, and we'll be back in the constellation sector. Knox covered the crystal like it was a baby. Don't do that. If you do it here, it might bring a chunk of this planet with us, just like with Axoratus. And either way, that's not your pistol. What do you mean? Of course it is. Cybele gave it a hard look and grimaced. He turned a sanguine eye to Trigger. You useless. He tossed the pistol to the ground and grabbed Trigger by the throat. Unfortunately, the man's neck was reinforced steel, so some of the effect was lost on him. Cybele merely threw him hard to the ground, then kicked him. Cybele, Nox shouted, stop. It doesn't matter anymore. We can't go straight to the Constellation sector anyway. We'll need to get back to Providence first, settle whatever might be going on there. Sonny is not wrong, Red nodded. Most of my fleet's docked on Providence, along with most of our munitions. I know said Cybele, growling at Trigger. But the best time for a lesson's in the moment I've always found. Even if that moment ain't convenient. You're right, though. No time to waste. Best we get far away from this planet and return to Providence as soon as we can. I reckon that's the best way, nodded Red. Let's get on with it, then. Red looked to her dogs, twirling the butt of her cigar in the air. See all topside? We'll meet you all up there, responded Knox. Still have a few repairs, and need to put the ships in the hangar. I just need to find Wyatt. Knox's attention turned to Gerta, and they started talking. There wasn't any time to take in the scene as Jazz panted. Her head was starting to throb, and it was an effort not to rub at it. If she lowered either hand, it could be her life. The gun was starting to shake as her muscles burned. She tried to patch into the drone, see how much more time she needed to buy, but the screen was blank wouldn't connect. He must have jammed the signal somehow. But how? She thought. Juz. Nevu's voice was like crushed ice filling the small space. We can explain. You've got my attention. She shouted back, considering her limited options. If she could just buy enough time and hold their attention, Tane could get Wit back online and then the AI could clean this up. What is taking him so long? She looked to the dead body and felt something get stuck in her throat. You killed Wyatt. Jazz hadn't wanted to believe it. Oh, no, no. Tears were starting to glaze her eyes. She blinked them away. It was not us, responded Nebu. It was this man here, Reginald Woods. He betrayed us, Jazz, and Wyatt died trying to save us. If it wasn't for that man, we would be dead. A faint glimmer of hope began to take root in Jazz's chest. Could she have been right? Her parents wouldn't kill Wyatt. That didn't make any sense. What reason would they have? But wit, Tane's voice seemed to whisper in her ear. Jazz pulled the bloody sheet from Wyatt's body and saw two precise shots that had pierced his heart. She took a close look and could easily tell they were exit wounds. He'd been shot, from behind. Keep talking, Jazz covered Wyatt again, trying not to think about the dead body of her close friend beside her. It still could have been Woods. This is ridiculous. What am I doing hiding from my parents? She thought, but she also stayed right where she was. We discovered Woods trying to sabotage a ship, said Nebu, and Jazz wondered where her mother was. We left the ship to come find you but he captured your mother and brought us here. He was scared they would figure out what he was up to. Why would he try to sabotage a ship? Asked Jazz, wanting to believe more than anything, but Tane's explanation was sticking with her like shit on a boot. She looked desperately around the room for something reflective to look around the corner, but found nothing. Think, Jazz, think. Come out, Jazz. There is no need to hide, said Nebu. Yeah, then uh, why did my mom just try to flatten me and you've got a gun hidden behind your back? She wanted to ask more questions, like how was Wyatt shot from behind if he was protecting you, but decided against it? She had a feeling pissing off her parents while she was trapped in a corner would not end well for her. Same could be said for you, love. You came in here armed, even if you did not have your gun drawn. We fear that you will do something foolish because of a misunderstanding. Jazz pulled off the sheet that covered Wyatt again, keeping her pistol raised at the doorway while she searched Wyatt for something to use, but he'd been stripped completely naked. Instead, she lifted the bloody sheet and rolled it into a ball. Well then, why don't you explain, and if I believe you, I'll throw my weapons out and help you get out of this mess. Jazz was starting to expect her mother was being quiet because she was just around the corner. Ready to take her out should she try to make a move. Couldn't be sure without risking her head, though. Eos, damn it, Tane, what is taking so long? I can do this, I can do this, Tane kept repeating in his head while trying to stay as still as possible under the invisibility cloak. He became one with the drone, sneaking his way into the cockpit and beginning the manual process of rebooting WIT. Then the screen began dully glowing red. Tony's eyes shot to the battery icon, and he couldn't help himself from whispering, Fuck! He had only a few minutes, if that. He made a mad dash for the console and shifted the drone to its land setting. Legs popped out of the drone's sides like a spider's, and he clicked against the console. It was clumsy, but hopefully Jazz was doing a good job of distracting her parents. Tane turned on the ship's computer and the screen asked him to unlock it with a voice and retinal scan or to input the password manually. He opted for the latter and began entering the long string of letters, numbers, and symbols that he had memorized to access WIT. Only a few more characters, Tane thought, when suddenly the cloak on him was lifted upwards and he squinted into a flashlight, which was attached to a gun. In that moment of confusion, He pressed the wrong key, maybe two, and totally lost his concentration. Before he could even consider fixing it, a voice came from behind the light. What you doing, boy? Can you get that out of my face? Tane brought his robotic hand up to block the light, and his other holding the control tablet. The man lowered his weapon. How do you see me? Asked Tane, his eyes adjusting. Infrared scanner, said a sleek-looking cyborg. Tane's instant reaction was for his gut to seize and either vomit, shit himself, or some combination of the two. Instead, he swallowed the bile in his throat. Jazz was in trouble. That's some nice tech, though, and a nice piece you have. The cyborg pointed to Tane's chrome hand. Not sure what a boy like you's doing with either. That one turns into a weapon, so I'd appreciate if you put it down. Tane looked at his hand again, not knowing it could also be a weapon. Are you one of Cybels? Tane asked, pushing down the anxiety. The battery was almost dead in the drone. I'll be the one asking questions. Get up, the cyborg motioned with his weapon. I need to finish something. My friend, she's in danger. You can explain it to the captain. Let's go. The cyborg took Tane by the arm, but Tane slithered out of the hold. You don't understand. I can't. My friend is in there, and she's in danger. If I don't help her now, she could be hurt, or worse. Tane picked up his tablet, which he'd dropped. It'll only take a minute. He turned to the screen and erased the password to start from the beginning. He'd totally lost his place. He started again, but then the cyborg took the tablet from him and looked at the screen quizzically. The cyborg looked back at Tane. Explain what you're doing, and I will decide. "'I need to stop my friend's parents from doing something bad, "'and I don't know if I ever start with. "'He can't stop them from doing what I know he's planning to do.' "'Tane raced through it and grabbed back the tablet again. "'What?' the cyborg asked. "'I couldn't make out a word you just said. "'Just let me... "'Ah, there we go.' "'Tane finally entered the password, "'and the screen went blank. "'No, no, no!' "'Tane tried not to shout. "'He listened for a sign that wit was rebooting, "'but there were none.' Can't believe it. Tane fell to the ground in a heap and looked up at the cyborg. What have you done? This is foolish, love. Why don't you come out of there and speak with us? Asked Nebu. There is no need to fear. Here. Jazz heard something clink against the floor and then slide. Nebu's pistol came into view, coming to rest in the hole right outside the doorway to the sleeping quarters. You're my parents. You should know better than to think I would fall for that. Jazz risked putting down her hand and undid her belt. We gave you pistols back in that mountain. If what you're saying is true, Woods must have had a weapon as well, and I know why it wouldn't come in here unarmed. That makes at least four potential weapons. Jazz took a chance and placed her pistol within easy reach. She grabbed her whipstick and tied the ball of the sheet around it with her belt. You're a clever girl. I'm proud of you, if not a little hurt. It is true what you say. We were also able to find your rifle and three hidden pistols throughout the ship. Give me a moment. Jazz was happy to give her father as many moments as he'd like. When Tony got Wit back online, this would all be over. If, she thought to herself morbidly, he must have been running into some issue in the cockpit. No doubt her parents had done something. She hoped Wit was okay. One by one, Nebu slid the guns across the floor and out of anyone's quick reach. There, said Nebu. Now you have nothing to fear. Toss your pistol and come out so we can talk. He paused. As a family. Jazz grabbed her pistol, gave it a nasty look, and slid it out with the pile of weapons. Okay, I'm coming out. She gripped her whipstick, put her finger on the button, aiming it toward the doorway, and pressed it. The bloodied sheet sprung from the whipstick and out the door. Jazz made out a flash of movement from the side and watched as the sheet was wrestled to the ground. Jazz pressed and held the whipstick button again, and electricity surged through it. She heard her mother shout in pain and saw her shake uncontrollably, but didn't pay any attention as she dashed for the entrance and towards the pile of guns in the center of the hull. The moment she cleared the doorway, she was lifted from her feet by her father and tackled to the ground. The wind evaporated from her lungs and she gasped for breath as Nebu mounted her with a fist raised. By some miracle, she managed to keep hold of the whipstick. She looped it around Nebu's neck before he could unleash a blow. With a savage pull, she tightened the makeshift noose and looped it around his neck again. Nebu struggled against the binding and his eyes bulged, Jazz kneed him with all her strength in the side, forcing him to the ground as she rolled on top of him. Even so, Nebu's elbow flung out as they spun, loosening Jazz's grip for only a moment. Nebu slithered like a snake, exploiting the weakened hold, and unlooped the whip once. Before he could do it again, Jazz let go of the whip and held down the button on the stick again. Jazz could see Nebu's eyes pop with fear for a split second, Before the electricity bolted through his neck. Problem was, Jazz was still on him, and some of the power cut through her as well. Her body seized, every muscle and joint shaking violently. It was all she could do to stay conscious, let alone remain on top of her father. She fell to the ground, cursing at herself to get up and move. Jazz's eyes went toward the pile of guns again. Her legs shook uncontrollably. She couldn't stand, but she forced her arms to stillness and started dragging herself toward the weapons. Her hand reached out, gloved fingers slapping against a pistol grip. Jazz saw a foot fly out and guns spinning away, then another foot right in her face. She almost blacked out from the force of it, absently felt a tooth loose in her mouth. She saw the next kick coming and managed to roll back, so the kick went wide. Then Jazz rolled forward hard into her mother. The woman's leg was like a tree trunk, but with her off balance, she fell in a tangle onto Jazz. She flailed almost as if electricity was still flowing through her, reaching for something, anything she could use as a weapon. Jazz's attempt proved useless, and while she wasted time trying to grab a pistol, her mother had managed to trap Jazz in an arm bar that felt like she'd been caged in iron. With her free arm, she slapped at a close-by pistol. Once. Twice. On the third time, she accidentally smacked it away. It was hard to breathe. and felt like her arm was about to pop out. Enough, she tried to say, but nothing came out. Her mother's grip tightened, and Jazz felt her legs being tied up. She looked forward and saw her father, an ugly burn around his neck, trussing her feet with her own belt. She tried to fight it but her mother tightened the hold, and her father had firm and practiced hands. "'I think it's time you came with me,' the cyborg commanded Tane. "'Wait, you said this was a weapon, right?' asked Tane, looking at his robotic hand. "'How do I activate it?' "'We are going,' the cyborg put away the tablet and grabbed Tane by the arm again. This time he kept a firm hold and began dragging Tane easily away from the ship." Tane tried messaging Jazz the situation, but she was blocked out somehow. Okay, wait, wait, Tane said. Just a second, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. The cyborg paused. We found people on this planet. People from when this place was first discovered. They were spies for the Pontifex during the war and were marooned here when they were discovered. Switch, he... Switch, that bugger I shot in the leg. You did that? Asked Tane despair dropping boulders in his guts. If he did that to switch, then what was he going to do to Tane? I did, and if you don't follow, might be your kneecap has a date with a bullet. If you don't help me, we're all going to die. Tane scrambled for a desperate lie, clawing for a kernel of truth. They've captured Woods. Woods, asked the cyborg. He's in there. Tane nodded furiously. That, at least, he knew to be true. Give me the tablet. I'll show you. The cyborg considered a moment, but handed Tane the tablet. Tane searched through the recorded video feed and replayed the footage of woods bound up and unconscious. Don't move. The cyborg looked inward, placing a hand to his ear. Sir? Sir, are you there? The cyborg grimaced. Are you blocking the signal? No. Tane handed his tablet back. Look for yourself. Cyborg looked over the screen and then over the area around them, his eyes stopping on a nearby ship. It's on, but who would have- What's on? Tane's heart leapt at the possibility that Wit had rebooted, but there was nothing coming from the ship a few yards away. The Nova Suit. Who was it you said you were trying to help? Your friend? Jazz. Nova Suit. Tane thought to himself. He must have heard wrong, though. What would Novas be doing here, and why would this cyborg have one of their suits? Knox's peace, replied the cyborg. Tane was about to add his own thoughts to that statement, the cyborg pressed on. Captain wouldn't want Woods harmed, that's for certain. I'll handle this. You'll what? The cyborg shoved Tane's tablet into his chest. He barely held on to it. Your friend, if she's still alive, that is... How many, you say, there were? Two, a man and a woman. They might not look like much, but they're very dangerous. The cyborg grinned. A challenge, then. Mind if I borrow this? He lifted the cloak over himself, not really waiting for an answer. Wait, what should I do? By the looks of you, I'd say either stay right here and do absolutely nothing, or go find the captain and let him know what I'm doing. I wouldn't recommend that, though. Cybele's not quick to believe anything from anyone. Might be he decides to gut you rather than listen, if you know what I am saying. I know what you're saying, Tane gulped. If you do stay here, I'd keep that weapon of yours at the ready. My prey rarely escapes, but not even I'm a perfect hunter. When an animal's backed into a corner, there's no telling what they'll do. My weapon? Oh, my hand, Tane asked. How do I, uh... He looked at it, turning it this way and that. Simple. Just do this. The cyborg pointed his own finger like a gun. Tane mimicked the motion, and immediately the hand transformed. The joints and fingers locked together, and a hole opened up at the tip of his pointer finger like the barrel of a pistol. And when you want to shoot, the cyborg continued, press your thumb down like this. Tane had to stop himself from mirroring the cyborg, as he realized shooting right now would probably unravel everything. He was wasting time as it was. Thank you. uh, Please, save my friend. The cyborg shrugged. I'll do what I can. The cyborg flung the cloak over himself while he knelt down, and suddenly, he was gone. Symphony of Shadows is a production of Synapse Radio. Written, produced, and performed by J.S. Rose. Follow us on Instagram at Synapse Radio and Twitter at Connect2Synapse. That's the number two. Or visit our website for all things awesome. Synapse-radio.com